You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. by the Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60! To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. We're in the pre-season finale edition, getting ready for Saints-Texans to wrap things up in the Caesar Superdome. We got some news on a few Saints back at practice, which was good to see, Jeff. Yeah, we'll get into all that, you know, and 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 to be clear, this is a kind of pregame edition of week three with the Saints facing the Texans. I do not intend to spend one second talking about the Texans. So if that's what you're here for, move on. But yes, we're going to get into some returns to practice. We're also in the in the first segment, we're going to talk some news. We're going to talk some 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 mystery, some enigma, if you will, uh, from Demario Davis, because mm. I don't know, he's trying to be a KG for some reason. We're going to talk about what that might be, even though it's completely uh, guessing. And, uh, and then in the second segment and the third segment, we're going to kind of break down my last 53-man roster projection. This one's kind of cheating because... I, you know, like we don't, there's a few positions that you kind of got to figure out because there's some players that you might hold on to just to stash them on IR. There's a few positions where I think you are still competing for rosters. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to find hedge my bets a little bit. We'll get into that in the second and third segment. We'll do a second segment on offense, third segment on defense. But first things first, we got a guy back today that I've been waiting to see for a while, since August 6th, nearly three weeks, we finally saw a number, dose, dose, not CD deuce, Rashid Shahid back at practice. He'd been dealing with a groin injury, same injury he was dealing with it that kept him out of minicamp. It's a little concerning. He got back for individual drills today, not in team drills. It's kind of the ramp-up process we have seen. But regardless... That's a positive thing. You know, anytime you have someone miss an extended period of time, you start to worry that maybe they had a setback. Maybe the injury is more significant than you initially believed it to be. But, you know, the second you see them back out there getting any work in at all, like that was the case with Demario Davis last week. It's an instant sigh of relief. They're like, okay, they are still alive. We are going to continue moving forward. And uh, I think there's a lot of high expectations for Rashid Shahid in this offense this year. And uh, it's uh, just a matter of whether he can get out there. So that's a good sign. 
No, definitely. And at first, when you're looking at the players, I'm like, 22. Wait a minute. Is Mark Ingram back because of the running back depth is hurting right now? Oh, no, no. Wait a minute. It is Rashid Shahid. And I know he was out in those joint practice sessions out in California. At least you saw him in street clothes on the sideline kind of thing, which to me is also was a positive leading up to the fact that you knew things were close for him, or at least it appeared to be close. Yeah, he, I, I had to take it do a double take. I mean, like, who is that guy? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's oh, Rashid, yeah, it's right. The guy who we talked about <laughs> nonstop for the first, like, month of, or week of camp and then haven't really talked about since. A guy we did not see, and we'll get into more of that later, is the same the guy who went out with a groin injury on the exact same day is Rashid Shahid, who appears to be, I don't know, is he alive? We have not seen him. He was one of the only players, like, uh, even Rashid, he didn't practice, but he was out in L.A., Maybe because he wanted to go visit home. He's from San Diego. I don't know. Trey's from Florida. Maybe he took the excuse to go the opposite direction. I don't know, but we have not seen him. The other guys we didn't see at practice today, Taysom Hill, Kirk Merritt, Daryl Williams, Ryan Connolly, Landon Young, Calvin Throckmorton, Lynn Bowden Jr., and uh, yeah, Taysom's dealing with that oblique injury. We don't expect him to be out for a while. Ryan Connolly I, we do expect him to be out for a while. That was one that I think has cropped up since we last recorded. He's a guy who I, you know, I was considering putting him on my roster projection, and I still might because I think he might be one of those guys that has a better chance of making the roster now because you want to stash him on IR. So maybe you find a way to sneak him on there just so you can do it because that is the trick. If you can put anyone on IR you want, during the regular season, and they can come back after four weeks, but they have to be on your active roster. They have to get through cuts, and then you can do that. So guys like Landon Young, Ryan Connolly, who are not done for the year, but are going to be out for a while, that's going to be interesting. So those were guys who were out there. But the, the, the player we got back the last couple of days who is still kind of working his way in, Marshawn Lattimore, dealt with that knee injury out in L.A. DA said today he doesn't think it's anything structural, but they're having, they're putting him on medication. I think he's dealing with some inflammation, would be my guess. Right. And uh, he's getting some work in. He's only doing individual drills. He's skipping teamwork and seven on seven, stuff like that. But again, it's like if they're out there at practice, that means that it is not anything super concerning. And for guys like Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, I think. Your season's going to go how they go because those are big pieces of your defense. No, and I wouldn't expect to see a Marshawn in the finale and uh, even Dennis Allen saying, Demario Davis, there's no reason you know he needs to work at all. We know what he's he's capable of, obviously. Dennis Allen said today he's not playing in the in the preseason finale. So, right. yeah, don't, don't expect to see him, although he has gotten a full workload each of the last two days of practice. So, you know, I, I think that's a good sign – for DeMario, it might not be a great sign for Jalen Smith because uh, I think he's here because of that injury, because of the questions surrounding that injury. But, you know, <laughs> oh, one other thing I want to mention, uh, Steve Sidwell, the kind of architect to the defensive coordinator for the Saints during the Dome Patrol years, he died at 78. Uh, best Way wishes to his family. That's, uh, you know, like I think we talk about the Dome Patrol all the time, but we never talk about Steve Sidwell, right? Like we talk about Vic Fangio. We talk about all this, um, but he's... You know, he's a guy that not, I don't know a lot of Saints fans will remember that name, but, you know, you remember those defenses, and he was a huge part of that. Yeah, when you hear Dome Patrol, obviously, Saints fans uh, remember those good old days, and, you know, we, we dream of having a linebacking core like that. But uh, I think all four of those players, uh, uh, obviously, in the Saints Hall of Fame, along with Steve Sidwell. Uh, so, yeah, RIP to him and best wishes to his family as well. Uh, sad, sad who that news on the day. Yeah. 
But all right, moving forward, somebody's getting talked about a lot, you know, whether positively or negatively. We were talking about before we came on, you know, there's been a little, I don't want to say tension, but a little back and forth in the media in terms of, hmm, is what what is the deal with Mike Thomas, right? You, Jeff Duncan put out a column out in L when we were out in LA talking about how, you know, he, he's kind of been wishy-washy and he hasn't quite been where you would have hoped to see and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I don't think it was a hit piece so per se, but it did kind of paint a very particular picture about a guy who I think anyone would be, would admit has been working back, has been progressing. He's not where you would hope he will be by the time the season starts. But he's, you know, gradually moving along, right? And then, you know, I, I think, I, I know Nick Underhill has kind of taken the the position of, no, I think he has looked fine. I think he's getting better and better and better. Well, today he, he you know, Mike probably had one of his better days of practice. I think that it's a, it's a bit of an oversell to say he was fantastic. I mean, he did what he's done. I, I don't, I didn't see anything from Mike Thomas today that kind of blew me away. But to me, Personally, when it comes to Mike Thomas, I think reality is somewhere in the middle. I don't think he I'm not as down on Mike Thomas as Jeff seems to be. And I'm not as high on Mike Thomas as Nick seems to be, because I think that's what you're going to get somewhere in the middle. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be blowing the top off defenses, but he is going to be valuable and he is going to put up numbers. And, you know, I, I think we just need to be realistic. I think that's my thing is just just be realistic about your expectations for the guy. And I think that's where the team is. Well, that's definitely like one of the first things, you know, we have our little pre-pod chat and I asked you right out the bat, I, I was wondering, I was like, did I miss something? Was Michael Thomas extraordinary at practice? Because I must have missed it. To me, it was just a, another day for Mike. And I'm not saying that it was anything great or anything terrible either. It was just a, a, an average day. I mean, he caught, what, nine of 10 passes, I think, that were thrown his way. Was it nine of 10? I think that's what he ended up with. Only and the one was a low pass that looked like it was, you know, thrown in the dirt kind of thing. No, the- he had a good day. I mean, he he did have a good day. But like, if you didn't know any better and you just went based on the reaction, you would think he was just blowing the top off of everybody. Could yeah. not be covered. One handed I mean, grabs, diving into the end zone, or I, I yeah. don't know. He looked like I need him to look, which is consistent. He's gonna. He's going to battle for balls in the middle of the field. He's going to feast on slants. And right. like, like, I get it. You know, that that is what it is. But this is what D.A. had to say when he was asked about uh, Mike Thomas at practice today. Yeah, look, I thought overall, I mean, I thought I thought Mike looked good. And I think Mike's looked better and better every time he's come out here. And so, um, you know, I think he's probably getting more comfortable with where he's at. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, I think we kind of knew that at some point we'd start seeing um, what we kind of expect out of him. And um, and I think we're seeing that more and more every day he's out here. So it's been good. I mean, I think you are starting to see a more representative Mike Thomas of what you can hope to see in the season. It hasn't always been perfect. I think he is kind of working through some stuff. You know, there's been a lot more drops throughout camp this year than than I'd like to see from him. But I, I think he's a guy that locks in when the games go on and, I, I'm not worried about Mike because I have my expectations where I think is reasonable and I, and I fully expect him to, to be there, right? Like to me, 70, 70 catches, 800 yards, four to five touchdowns. That is what I want to see out of Mike Thomas, right? That 
like we can we can be unreal unrealistic as, as all we want, but that would be a hugely successful season for Mike after what's gone on the last three years is play four play twelve to fourteen games, catch seventy passes, right? Be a be a piece of the offense that is contributing to winning as opposed to a piece of the offense that we talk about as in terms of man, if only it were there. Yeah, um, one of the things I keep saying, I'm sure you know, you feel the same way too. It's like I just want to see Mike be able to last double-digit games, uh, yeah. hopefully the entire season, kind of thing. It's been way too long. Um, I agree on those numbers. I, I, you know, an 80 catch season, five touchdowns, six touchdowns would be a huge success, considering the guys only played what in 10 games the past two and a half years. Right. Like Mike could be looking fantastic right now. It doesn't really matter if he's not on the field week six. Right. Like, yeah. I don't I don't care how good he looks weeks one, two and three. How does he look in week 10? And so that's that's more what I'm more worried about. But I think you are seeing more consistency out of him. And that's what people are reacting to. And I think there is an overcorrection going on in the from a media perspective right now of, you know, like because I. I disagreed with what what Jeff wrote um, in the sense that like he was like, oh, he's getting locked up by his safeties. Well, not really. And also that safety is Derwin James, who's probably one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best safety in the league. So, you know, maybe maybe he's not going to win every rep against Derwin James. That's OK. But again, I, I just think reality is in the middle and everyone's trying to overcorrect one way or the other. And it's just, you know, the reality is that he is a piece of the offense, not the focal point of the offense anymore. Yeah, and we've mentioned this, obviously, as well. The number one dude now is clearly Chris Olave. Yeah, um, no question. You know, Mike, the biggest thing is, can his, can that ego of his accept that secondary kind of role at the receiver, being not being can't guard Mike anymore to that extent of how dominant he used to be? But, yeah, I think he can be, you know, hugely effective at, at it's tough to talk about him and and like have that middle ground, I guess, because it's either oh you're bashing the guy or or, or you're overhyping him. There doesn't seem to be that middle ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, to 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 some extent, I don't want him to accept that role. I want him to feel like he's still no, and he will know that the way he guard works. Mike. As long as as long as it's not toxic, as long as he's not causing problems like you know there's a reason you had to trade Brandon Cooks right because he could not accept taking a backseat to Mike Thomas now you know if it, it, can Mike Thomas kind of accept that while also feeling like no I can still do the things that I need to do right like I want him to feel confident while also being productive and cohesive with a group I don't think you know we talked to him about being a leader and I think that's what that is it's not necessarily be having to be the guy on every play but but being available to have a chance. We're kind of shifting gears here. Speaking of a guy who is is the guy, and we talked to Demario today for the first time since that calf injury. He seems like he's doing great. He seems like he's in a good headspace. But what he he's being kind of cagey about. You know, I asked him if there's a mantra in the in the linebacker room or in the defensive meeting room this year, and kind of like you know the juice boys, right? Like that was always a thing. And he said there is. But he wouldn't tell me what it was. <laughs> and that kind of like fell along the lines of what he was talking about. Here's here's an example um, of that. I just feel like you if you if you believe in the Saints and, and, and you're a fan of the Saints or, or are you who that nation, you should be excited right now. That's all I say. You should be excited. But he wouldn't tell us why. That's that's I don't get it. <laughs> why won't you tell what, what I so I think what he's getting at there is is. I think this group feels like it can be a top defense and it can, and with Derek Carr and with an offense that, 
is has a higher floor, I think, uh, and a higher ceiling. You know, you could you could be excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think the more the closer we get to the games, you know, we saw how that first team offense looked against the Chiefs. You know, I think that there is a lot to like about this group. I think it's very well rounded, and if there's comp like one of the things that drove me nuts the last last year specifically was you never got complimentary football. Either you got a solid offensive performance and and the defense let you down in 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 their defense in the defense of the defense they didn't have Marshawn for a majority of that and that definitely doesn't help. Or you got really good defense like you did the last eight games of the year and the offense just kind of got stuck in the mud and you could only win games it's kind of stuck in neutral right like that eagles game where the only reason you won it was because marshawn made a play at the end of the game right like against the bucks you know you should have been able to put up way more than 16 points and you lost it because of that the defense didn't lose you that game the offense failing to build on that lead despite multiple opportunities to do so even with field goals even with just just points put points on the board you couldn't do that and so i think that's probably you know i I think just the the balanced reality of this offense you have a run game you have an offensive line that you should have faith in with a lot of top picks you have a very good cornerback group which is something that every every team in the nfl would love to be able to say you have a really intriguing young group of pass rushers Right. The linebacker room, as long as Pete Werner and DeMario are healthy, is among the best in the NFL. Now, if you talk about depth, that's another question. But with those two guys, I love it. You know, you have your slot corner is Bradley Roby, a guy who could start on the outside for half the NFL, probably. You know, there's a lot to like on this team. And I think that's what he's getting at. But for now, it's undisclosed for whatever for whatever reason that is. I guess maybe they don't want to, you know, DeMario doesn't want to hype things up before going into this year. Like we've seen in the past with the juice boys. And then it was like, you know, for the rest of the season, if the defense ever struggled, we're like, Oh, there wasn't any juice in there, you know, kind of thing. So maybe I get the underselling things right now and like kind of teasing everybody with stay tuned and watch what we do kind of deal. But uh, yeah, the only real concern I have with the team going into the year, honestly, is up front on the offensive line, but that is a pretty big one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I have my concerns about Trevor Penning, you know, and, and well, I I did get a chance to talk to Doug Marone. I'm going to save that interview and play it on the podcast next week. You know, after we get this final preseason game under his belt, because I think, you know, that's when we'll start to have to see like, okay, can he hold up, you know, and I expect him to get another decent amount of reps this weekend and and that's after after that i'm gonna go through and kind of watch the film of each game and get, make a determination but one of the things that you know doug and da and everyone have made clear about trevor specifically is you know you'll see him make mistakes he's a young player he has is he's go, he's only started one game in his career at left tackle he's not gonna be perfect every rep he's gonna make mistakes but the important thing is you understand what the mistakes are and you don't make them over and over and over again. And I, I think if you go back and, you know, every, everyone's going to remember that one play where you kind of got beat inside and and Kendra Miller got lit up. And it's like, yeah, that's that's not what you want to see. But the rest of the game, I feel like he did pretty well. And, and it's like you can't overreact to one bad play by a young player. You have to tell him what he did wrong and he has to learn from that and not do it again. And I think that is where with Trevor, you're starting to see that progress where you know, hopefully by mid-season, those mistakes are gone. You're going to have to bake in some grace for some of those screw-ups. You just have to. 
and that's always going to was always going to be the case whether he started last year whether he started this year you have to learn on the job to some extent at left tackle and that's what I think you're going to see but beyond him I think I feel pretty good about it right like James Hurst at left guard is not perfect but I do think there's a floor there that is pretty that is reasonably high and uh you know you can you can <laughs> help to the left of the side of the line right you put a tight end over there you put you send the running back to that side and you go with it because I feel really good about Ramchek I feel as good as I could about Ruiz, you know, I, I think he's going to continue to take a step forward. And I think Eric McCoy is one of the best centers in football. So yeah, I, I think as long as you have health in that group, I'm okay with it. That's definitely the key for sure. Health. And I mean, you were out West with those joint practices. I don't think there was anything ever with penning where it was, you know, too high of highs or too low of lows. It was kind of like he won some, he lost some and you expect that totally. Yeah, and I mean going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, right? Like you're not going to win every rep. I thought I thought he held up pretty well. I think again, you're talking about a guy who has started one game in his career at left tackle. If you're expecting him to be perfect every step of the way, you're going to come away disappointed. Right? But you he needs to be consistent and he needs to continue to progress and uh and I think that's kind of what you're seeing. Um the penalties are a different story. And, you know, we saw a couple pre-snap penalties yesterday. They were dealing with really obnoxious noise in the building, and that was by design. Um, and and, and uh, it sounds like they're going to keep doing that. I imagine we'll get some noise at the Dome practice on Friday morning. Uh, and, yeah, so that's that's kind of all I have on that. And uh, if unless there's something you else you want to hit, uh, we can probably move on. No, definitely uh, looking to close out the preseason for sure and get into the real deal. It's going to be weird having that, you know, week-long break leading up to the regular season. I'm looking forward to it. It's my favorite. A yeah. little bit of downtime, right? <laughs> Coming out of town. Oh, uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis I, Allen I, did say, mention about getting down to those roster cuts. What was it, Tuesday? Yes, the 29th. Yeah. I did say, I, did, I have tried to weasel out of Dennis Allen what his plans are for the starters. He will not budge. Right. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. I expect you'll see a good amount of the starters and uh, it'll go from there. The question to me is Derek Carr. Does Derek Carr play? I think you're going to see a lot of the defensive starters. You know, you probably won't see a guy like Cam or Marshawn or DeMario. But other than that, like I expect you'll see a Carl. I expect you'll see the the starting interior linemen. I expect you'll see a Debo and Lattimore. I expect you will see... Probably not Probably Tyron. not Tyron, but right. maybe Marcus May and the Jordan Howden. And I, I expect you you won't see Camara because you want to get as many reps as you can for guys like Kendra Miller and uh, and Jamal Williams. But you yeah. met you mentioned Marcus May was uh, he on our news docket the last time or was that afterwards? Oh, you know, I guess we could hit that before we go. So Marcus May, yeah, yeah, he he's been sentenced officially in his DUI case that's going back to 2021. It's been extended forever. He got six months of probation. 50 hours community service. I, I think he has the option to, to buy that out, which by the like, so stupid. I've never heard <laughs> of that. I was like, wait a minute, now. what? <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, I guess he has the option to, to pay it off. So it's like, you can either pay a fine or do community service kind of defeats the purpose. If you allow mm, someone to just pay. Yeah, I was wondering, I'll just a, a millionaire. Yeah. I'll just go, okay, here, what, how much you exactly, want? Exactly. Exactly. It's such, so, so lame. It's like, just if, if you want the money, just say, I'll give us the money. Like he's going to do something in the community for 50 hours. And it, it, it's, but but yeah, obviously now the biggie is we're just waiting for the NFL to make some kind of ruling here. If they make yeah. one, I would yeah. imagine so, though. And I think we've seen in the past, what is it, one to three games you can expect for a DUI? 
Yeah, that's been kind of the standard. Uh, I don't think he has had any prior incidents as far as I can remember. Maybe I'm wrong. But in those cases, typically you'd be talking one to three. Um, I think Willie Sneed got three when when he got and he pleaded and and he appealed it down to two. I think PJ Williams might have got two. Deontay got two. So I, I think I'd guess two. There's so many. There's too many. Yeah, too many. Yesterday, the, the Cajun Cannon's hoping that at least Marcus May could serve his after Kamara could, did. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works, though. Well, I mean, they got two weeks to figure it out. I don't, I, think, I don't, the, think, can, I don't think the NFL will be like, well, since you've got Kamara suspended the first three games, we'll do four or five for Marcus May. I, I think they'll have to serve, you know, starting week one. Yeah, I don't think they take requests. <laughs> right. Deep cuts only on suspensions. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back and we're going to start going through uh, my final 53-man roster projection. It's it's not really final. I'll probably update it and post something on Monday after the game, kind of get so I can at least have stuff on record saying this is what I think. Whereas this one is a little a little cagey, but we won't have time to do a podcast on that. So this is the final podcast version of my 53-man roster projection, and we're going to live with it. But all right, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Gell. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. We like it. We like hearing from you guys. So hit us up at on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak or at Steve Geller WWL or at the show on at Saints Pod. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. I already said that. I'm saying it again. Subscribe, rate, they, review. They subscribe. They know the drill. I Hopefully. hope so. <laughs> Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm going to share my screen. Let's do it. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> it's not a little... <laughs> A work in progress, literally. Yes, quite literally a work in progress, but it is done. So if you're listening to this podcast, go over to WWL.com. By the time this post, that will have posted, and you can follow along <laughs> with my actual roster projection. I, already, I also have a write-up. I'm not going to read the write-up, but if you want more context, go ahead. Um, but yeah, so let's start with the offense. And we'll just go through each position. And one thing that I decided to do with this one is if I think that that player could either still miss or make the roster, I have them in bold. If I think they are a lock, they are just there. Um, but I think there's yeah maybe six or seven guys who could go. I, do, I, I honestly don't think that this is a very difficult roster projection to make. I think probably 48 of those roster spots are 
pretty much set in stone. And then there's about five here or there where you can make a debate over, okay, should they keep an extra linebacker? Should they keep five or six wide receivers? You know, which wide receivers should they be? That sort of thing. But, you know, one of the things I am very confident about, and I don't think we really need to talk about it that much, is that quarterback, you're keeping three of them. You're keeping Derek Carr, Jameis Winston as the backup, and Jake Hayner as your kind of third string red shirt quarterback. Taysom Hill, in my opinion, is going to be your emergency quarterback. And you're going to have Jake Hayner inactive on most game days. And I think if you were wondering whether that's the case, all you have to do is go look out how things went in L.A. If you think Jake Hayner is going to be the backup quarterback, he would have gotten some reps during those team drills. You gave all the reps to Derek Carr and Jameis Winston because those are the guys you might have to rely on in games. And and that's fine. I think what you've seen from Jake has been good. And, uh, you know, you're, you're projecting down the road from him. But that's why these three preseason games have been important because these are really the reps you're going to see that you need to project on for next year. Yeah, a, a lot of hate comes your way if you say, you know, something's negative about Jameis Winston to the uh, the hive, I guess you could say, that supports him. Uh, there is a hive. It just, you know, it's, it's not being overly critical of a guy, but it's something that I just don't feel like he's someone that's going to be around next season. Even this training camp has been pretty shaky for me. Uh, if Jake Kaner wasn't the rookie, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he won that number two job over Jameis. But right now, he's still too green to take it over. I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, again, like, there's a lot to be talked about about the quarterback position, but none of it is involving whether you keep all three of them, because you are. And it does become complicated, because I think you want to keep a fullback, you want to keep a bunch of tight ends. And so, like, I, I've been getting into debates about, okay, well, you know, why do they why why is it so important that their depth linebackers play special teams? Well, it's because you are devoting a roster spot to Jake Hayner, who is not going to play special teams for good reason. He's a quarterback. And you know, you're not going to have Jimmy Graham play special teams for good reason. He's Jimmy Graham. You know, and I don't you know, that's something we didn't talk about in the news segment. Jimmy Graham is back and Jimmy Graham, if you lived yeah. under a rock, you wouldn't have known any better to think like, "Oh, he's been great this whole time." He went out to L.A., he came back, and he looks like the same old Jimmy Graham because nothing has really changed. He's still Jimmy Graham, and he's catching a lot of passes in practice. But, you know, that's that's a position we can get to in a second because I think the next one to me is, is running back, fullback. This is the first one where I kind of think there's some deviation of who gets kept and who doesn't. How many running backs do you actually need to keep? I think – so Alvin Kamara, it, this is a weird one because – He's going to go on the suspended list, and at that point, you get an extra roster spot to mess with. You know, I was kind of going back and forth with with some of the other reporters about this. I think if you're keeping an extra running back, and I know he's been hurt, he's been dealing with a groin injury, he missed the last couple of days. I still think you brought in the veteran running back because you don't want to have to be locked into playing Kendra Miller week one if he's struggling, and you want to you want a veteran who can, you know do stuff that you trust that can block that can, that can hold up in pass protection that can catch the ball. And I just don't think that that would be Ellis Merriweather as much as I like Ellis Merriweather. Um, and Kirk Merritt has been dealing with multiple injuries to me right now. If you're adding a running back on that number four line, it's, it's Darrell Williams. Yeah. It's hard to argue just because of his veteran, you know, experience that he's had throughout the league. But I wasn't really impressed with anything he did that last preseason game. It nothing really stood out to me with Williams, and he hasn't been around the, the team very long either. I'll give him that. 
No, and that's and that's the thing. It's like you kind of have to project. But I mean, they the Saints went out of their way to bring in a veteran running back. Absolutely, you know, they right. tried to bring in Kareem Hunt. That didn't work out. Still I don't unemployed. think he's signed anywhere. No, no, exactly. Yeah, and and so you you ended up with Daryl Williams, and I just think that you did that for a reason, and that reason is you know you have Jamal Williams, who I think has been solid. And he's going to be fine in those first three weeks. I know you picked him up in fantasy, and I think he's going to be a stud for at least three weeks. I just think, like, okay, what happens if Jamal gets hurt? And in week one of the regular season, you have no one to turn to but two rookies in their first career game to protect Derek Carr in the same game that you are sending Trevor Penning out there for his second career start at left tackle. If you end up in that scenario, you will be blitzed relentlessly. And maybe they hold up. Maybe they don't. I don't want the reason this season goes sideways to be because Derek Carr gets eaten alive with a bunch of rookies not able to hold up in pass protection. Right. And so I think that's going to be part of the equation here. And, you know, maybe Daryl's injury lingers and maybe you do stick with Ellis Merriweather. But I think that's, you know, I, I don't think, I think you have to consider that in terms of like, why do you want that depth? What, what is the point of that depth? If not to be someone that you can trust and has done it. I think Bobby says skins on the wall all the time. That's right. why he says it. Cause it's like, you need to know what to expect. And right now, I don't know what to expect when the bullets start flying for real. Look at Tony Jones. I think everyone it, it would have looked at Tony Jones the last two years and been like, you know what? He's been hmm. solid in the preseason. I expect him to star. I think he's going to be ready to go. And then the game started. And he looked like a completely different player. So, you know, I, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. And, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they do really like Ellis and they, and they keep him around. You talked to him the other day. He's very confident. I don't know. I, I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch, but I'm not going to make my final determination quite yet. And this is definitely a position, Jeff, that I think when those roster cuts do come down, might be someone the Saints look at a a veteran that could have been let go somewhere kind of thing. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the guy you end up keeping isn't on the roster right now. Yeah. Because, yeah, right. Like, like if a, Dar- a guy like Daryl Williams, well, you, this, the Saints cut him, right? Like, <laughs> there's guys like that around the league. That they might, maybe they like someone better than Daryl Williams, but he's on a roster right now. Um, so I think that's a good point. Yeah, that's just but, one of those, well, I did those get areas that I think there could be. Michael today, and we talked, you know, almost exclusively about the running back position and, and the idea of rookie running backs in general. And here's what he had to say. Kendra Miller, it seems like he's been incorporated in a lot of different ways, particularly the passing game downfield, which I think we've seen a lot of. What have you seen from him in that regard? Well, I think this. I think uh, for him, a guy like him, the more reps, the more reps, the more reps he gets, do you see the, uh, the growth happening? Um, and I think that just, uh, you know, when he's had opportunities in the past game, he's come through and even just, um, you know, the opportunities he's had in, in practices as well. Um, I think the com- quarterbacks are very comfortable throwing him the ball. Is that something you have to consider in terms of rookies and just you don't want to overwhelm them with things? You kind of want to make sure they pick it up as they go. How have you seen that from him? Well, I think, that, I think um, you know, obviously there's, there's a big volume that's thrown at him. Um, and, you know, as any player, we're trying to make sure we're putting him in the spots that we feel like, hey, that's something that, 
um, he can be successful with and don't want to put him in any situations where uh, maybe it's not for him. But I think that um, the opportunities that he's had, uh, he's taken advantage of. And I think that's not something we have seen a lot in terms of rookie running backs. Get you know, We obviously saw it with Alvin back in 2017, but it seems like there's kind of a, I don't want to say preference, but you, it, there's a lean toward the older guys. Is that a pass protection thing? Is that just a consistency thing in general? Well, I think that... Um, I think as you really look at it, I think everybody's getting uh, you know as much volume as they can with the reps, and I think that's what's most important right now, particularly for the young guys, is the more they can get, the better it's going to be because there's a lot of learning that goes with it and a lot of uh, teaching moments, a lot of coaching moments. Um, you know, and even on the plays that have been successful, like we hit him on a um, Kendra on the big play the other day, they're still a little technique to that route that we felt like we still had to coach a little bit. Gotcha. And now, so this is kind of an interesting season and in that there's always, you got to build in some attrition at the running back position. It's a position where people get hurt at. This is a year where you know you're going to be without your top running back in Alvin Kamara for the first three games. Does that affect kind of how you prepare at the running back position with obviously Jamal, Kendra, and Ellis? Yeah, I think this. I still think that, you know, right now we're still in training camp mode, still get through one more preseason game. And I think after that, as the roster shapes up, then I think that's when you start to really have those discussions and uh, you know that all takes into effect with offense defense special teams who's going to be available for the games and I think that's where you really start to focus on all right you know what what's our game plan going to be where we're going to try to give guys the ball so I think that that'll come here in the next couple days well one of the things he said there that kind of stands out to me is like with a guy like Kendra you want to make sure you're putting him in the positions that you can where you know he can succeed and I think that's again where I kind of land on this team typically will air it on the side of veterans um, at the running back position when they can. You saw it with Ingram, right? Like they could have gone the younger route with the running backs last year. They went with Mark, Mark Ingram, a guy they know and trust the same, you know, they went and they traded for him last year after again, the Tony Jones experiment just did not work. That was two years ago, but you know, I think that's where uh, you know, I land on it. So you know, I'd like to see Daryl out there on Sunday. Hopefully he can be healthy. And if he if he can get out there and play well, I, I still feel pretty good about him potentially taking that spot. And we've talked about running backs for a while now. We can move on after this. No, I was just saying, too, like, you know, it's really rare you're going to get a guy like an Alvin Kamara that comes in right away and you're like, oh, we, this is the dude. We, we can get rid of Adrian Peterson. We're all right. <laughs> Well, but but like they brought in Adrian Peterson, right? Like right, the fact exactly. Remains they felt like they needed to get a veteran out there aside Mark Ingram. Yeah, and they had Alvin. They still felt like you know what? I would much be I'd be more comfortable with a guy like Adrian Peterson. And so you know whether it works or not is another question. Clearly, they felt more comfortable after Week One with Alvin, but going into Week One. They did not. So that's, you know, that's kind of uh, where I land on that. But let's let's move on to the wide receiver position. Ooh, this, is this is where <laughs> it gets a little dicey for, yeah. for me. And, you know, I'm still not convinced of what I'm flashing up here. I don't I, I might change it by the time <laughs> tomorrow rolls around. But for now, you know, I, I think some people will be happy to see that I have finally caved and moved Traquan Smith off of my roster projection. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people will be like, well, finally, you've come to see the light. No, that's not really what it is. I've never had an issue with the amount he has produced in a role that I think is underappreciated. In, he's just a dirty work role, right? And, and like, I get it. You want to see big numbers. But 
I need a guy who's going to go out there and run plays and block. I need a guy who's going to make tackles on special teams. I need a guy who's willing to do all of that and still has some upside as a receiver. And that's why I've swapped him out with Keith Kirkwood. And it's not about what I think of Traquan as a player. It's the fact that he hasn't been at practice for almost three weeks. And I just don't see how you can put him on a roster. You know, maybe he comes back tomorrow. Maybe he comes back on Friday and plays on Sunday. And suddenly you're like, oh, there he is. I don't see that happening. Um, and I just think it would send a very bad message to the guys who have been there every day and have been putting in the work. If this guy's just been doing what I, I, he, maybe he's working off to the side. I don't know, but like he hasn't been a practice. He hasn't been, he hasn't been grinding on the field with everybody else. And to me, like the health question is what I am more concerned with the production. I don't care. He could catch zero passes. And I think he still does enough to justify a roster spot, but not being out there when a guy like he Kirkwood has been there every day. And as a rapport with Derek Carr, a new quarterback, right? Like not the same old quarterback he's worked with before a new quarterback. I'm, I'm cutting chat. I'm sorry. I'm cutting Trey Quan. I'm also getting check, but I'm cutting Trey Quan and going with Keith Kirkwood on this roster. It's really the only change though. I, I, I'm totally in agreement with the Trey Quan move just because like you said, we haven't seen the guy. I mean, it's, I'm surprised. I'm worried I about him. Definitely. And I, I thought okay. like, like right now it's like, why hasn't he been put on any kind of like inactive list or a physically unable to perform list kind of thing? Uh, Dennis, Dennis Allen mentioned again today, he's still rehabbing. That's as much as we got out of him about Traquan. Well, you so see, you can't, you can't put a guy on the non-football injury or the pup list once he's already appeared in a practice. So like that has to happen at the beginning of camp. And that's why you see guys go on, even if they come off on day one, because if you start practicing, you cannot go on that. Your only option would be move them to injured reserve, which if you did that right now would end their season. So even it, like if you were planning on cutting him at the end of camp, you wouldn't put him on injured reserve. Now I think there's a chance that maybe you keep him on the roster. We've talked about this a little bit already. And it, because you intend to put him on injured reserve. Um, I don't it's know. It's like a whole I think little that's, chess game that goes on. Yeah. And so that's why these these last few in these last few projections can get dicey because like I was like, oh, well, they're keeping him around, but that was always the plan. So it, it gets kind of weird. And so that's why these projections will never be hundred percent accurate. Um, but as if you're if you're watching this, you can see. But I'll explain it to the listeners. So I have the the names I have bolded, which again to me is like, okay, these are guys who could potentially make or miss. The other guys are locked in. So Keith Kirkwood, At Perry, Lynn Bowden Jr. are the bottom three that are making it, in my opinion. The top three are locked in: Mike Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. We did see Alante Taylor returning kicks today. We've also seen um, Ugo Amadi returning kicks. The reason I have Lynn Bowden Jr. on here is for his returner upside because I trust him in that role. If you decide that AT pair, I'm sorry, that that Alante Taylor, Ugo Amadi have that return upside and you don't need to keep a dedicated returner as backup to Rashid Shahid, then I think you could go get away with keeping five um, and maybe keep an extra linebacker. Um, or maybe you keep a Shaq Davis who's been coming on really strong. Maybe, maybe you keep Traquan Smith, even though he hasn't been able to be there. Right. Shaq's um, definitely made practice fun the last couple of days. Yes. Yes. And I, I'm not putting him on my roster. I think there's a chance he, he does do enough, but it kind of reminds me of when you had little Jordan Humphrey and Juwan Johnson. Yes. Uh, as, as these big guys who have a chance and you cut them both 
<laughs> um, <laughs> because you, you kind of feel like, okay, we can, you know, like they, they're still developing. And I think you keep A.T. Perry on the roster, you cut Shaq and you stash him on the practice squad. Um, for the same, I, I kind of feel like, like there's a lot of Shaq Davises right now in the NFL. I'm not worried about him clearing, clearing waivers. He's, he's a lot better right now than he was at the start of camp. I think he's come along a lot. Um, but to me, this is the this is where I'm still going to kind of go. Is Mike Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Jeed, Keith Kirkwood, A.T. Perry, Lynn Bowden Jr. Looks good to me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, still haven't seen really anything from Kawam Baker that's made me go, wow. John Trey Kirkland has been interesting, but I agree, maybe more of a practice squad guy than making the 53. Yeah, I fully expect John Trey to be on the practice squad. with and And I couldn't be surprised if you see him get called up at points during the season because you can elevate guys three times. And uh, that's another factor of like, especially at running back, right? Like you don't necessarily have to keep a running back on the active roster. If you want to have an extra guy during the season, because I mean the, an extra guy for those first three games, because you could elevate him three times. So that's something, but let's move on. Tight end. Now this is a confusing one. Taysom Hill is, is here. He's not really a tight end, but he's in this meeting room. So that's what we'll go with. Then the question becomes, do you keep Jimmy Graham? Or do you just go with Jawan Johnson and Foster Moreau? And I, I'm kind of vacillating back and forth. Jimmy seems healthy. You know, the, the seizure situation kind of gave you pause. Um, but, you know, he missed one day of practice effectively. He wasn't going to play in that preseason game anyway. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't know what's, well, what's changed really other than the fact that you have a little concerned about his brain. Um, yeah, when so he was I'm back not, Wednesday, he looked like the same old Jimmy we've been seeing at least. If you were under a rock over the weekend and you just went, came back to practice and didn't know any better, you'd be like, oh, Jimmy looks great. Right. <laughs> um, he's looked that way all camp. We talked to him on Friday morning and he was talking about how he feels the healthiest he's felt in years. And then he had a seizure. And Hours later. Yeah. That was so, I don't such, know. so strange. Like, the only depth tight end that I could see potentially making it is Lucas Kroll. And even that, I think, is a big long shot. I think he's a practice squad guy. I think you're going to end up keeping four tight ends. And one of them is Jimmy Graham. Yeah, and a guy on there, Jesse James. You almost forget he's on this team because he's been he's been MIA too for a little bit now. Yeah, I don't know why. Why? Maybe he's just like like okay, if we cut you, you don't get paid. Do you want to just hang around? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> if we cut you now, you don't get a check. You know, did we talk about Brian Edwards getting cut? I don't think we did. I think we the last time either, right? we talked. Uh, it was me saying I'm canceling my subscription to Brian Edwards. And then <laughs> and the later Saints in the day, <laughs> it came out that he got waived. So apparently the Saints also canceled the subscription to Brian Edwards. Made me look smart. But yeah, I, you know, Miller Forstall, I still have him written here. He's not on the roster anymore, is he? Uh, JP Holtz. Yeah, I, I yeah. need to update that. This is this swapping him out, yet. whatever. Yeah, this will be JP Holtz uh, by the time this posts. <laughs> Going down the offensive line, nothing's really changed here, but this is a position that I wouldn't be surprised if you put Landon Young on the 53 so you can stash him on IR. You know, and when I talked to Doug, you know, he didn't sound like a guy who expected to get Landon Young back anytime soon. Uh, so, yeah, but otherwise, I think, you know, Storm Merton is the only question mark I have in terms Ugh. of maybe he doesn't yeah. make it. Maybe he keeps somebody else. <laughs> but, and not maybe a fan. Yeah, so I don't corner. like that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, say it again. Not a fan. So I don't like that one. Yeah, I mean, who who are you keeping? You know, the only other option would be Landon Young, and Landon right. Young is a knee injury because you need someone to back up Ramchek. A significant knee injury, right? As they put it. 
Yeah. And so I think, you know, a guy like Calvin Throckmorton, I could see him making it at guard. A guy like Lewis Kidd, who obviously made it last year, Max Garcia, I think is your backup center. And you maybe you say, okay, we want to keep him. Yeah. But I think just like Josh Andrews last year, you just, just stash him on the practice squad and bring him up as you need him. Yeah, this is why uh, I guess more so the depth. Like you said, if this everyone can stay healthy, Andrews Pete, uh, not Andrews Pete, uh, Trevor Penning ends up living up to expectations and is a serviceable at least left tackle. Things should be good for the season, but but depth wise is a, is a real big concern here. And this is another position I mentioned with running back when those cuts come. Although I know a lot of teams are going to be looking for that depth at, at offensive line, and I think the Saints could end up picking up a body or two uh, when those cuts end up coming out just because, yeah, th- there's really nobody here that kind of excites me at all. And, and seeing Storm Norton making the squad makes me even more ill, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if Throckmorton got picked up by somebody on waivers just because he's a guy who's played like he's a guy who's been around who, who yeah started um and uh you know he has experience you know Coda Martin I still have him on this list he has been cut so you know I, clearly I have not done enough maintenance uh in terms of the bottom end uh here but he's you mentioned he's Throckmorton hurt. too he could definitely be a Denver poaching because he knows pa- uh Peyton and uh Zach Streif yeah that's a good point uh, yeah I think any of these guys who were around last year and gets cut could end up in Denver. <laughs> um, but all right, moving down. That's going to be it for the offense. Is there anything that stuck out to you? Any notes you want to make before we move on to the defense and special teams? No, just the fact that, yeah, that, that wide receiver group, really interesting because some, you know, some things shifted around and changed uh, definitely for me uh, with the Traquan. And I love what I'm seeing from Shaq Davis, but totally agree with you right now. It's like, I don't see him making the 53, but certainly worthy of a practice squad uh, nod. I don't know if Kawan Baker's part of that mix, even though he was a draft pick of this team. But it was a late pick, so it's not that huge of a deal. There's not that big of an investment. I don't. I don't think Kawan makes it. I think the only you know it like if Trey comes back is, is healthier than maybe it, it seems, and uh, you keep him, and maybe you cut a Lynn Bowden and you keep him instead. I don't know. I would love to keep Shaq. I really would. I would love to keep him on the on the roster. I think he's intriguing. He's only getting better. But, you know, I say this all the time <laughs> is I'm, I can't keep a, a depth roster guy because he's a great pass catcher when he's not going to get on the field as a pass catcher. Right. Like I can't I can't keep two wide receivers who I don't intend to play at wide receiver and are not prime special teams players like they're they might play special teams, but they are not elite special teams players. And it gets really difficult when, again, like I pointed out, you're keeping all these quarterbacks and all these all these tight ends and you're keeping an extra you're keeping a fullback like. I talked to Anthony Ordre and he he told me one of the differences between the NFL and college is he'd never seen a fullback in his life until he got to the NFL. Like not a lot of teams keep fullbacks. And if you want to keep one, it just costs you a roster spot elsewhere. So I think that's going to work against a guy like Shaq. And uh, but it, we'll see. I mean, if he goes out and blows up tomorrow, I'm sorry, tomorrow, Sunday against the Texans, then uh, I mean, yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you do have get your hand forced and you keep him around. But for now, I'm keeping him on the cut line. We've seen, we've talked about this a little too. So many wide receivers be that star in training camp, and then come the regular season, it's kind of like, wait a minute, who, where, where, where did they go? Uh, Emmanuel Butler jumped into my head just because he was that, you know, all metery training camp darling kind of thing, and then was just non-existent after that. Airline All Stars. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to go through the defense and special teams. Uh, you know, not not a ton of surprises. I think linebacker is going to be the biggest point of contention, as I, I you know, just based on what I've heard on Twitter the last few days. Uh, but we'll get into that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Stick around. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. We are going through one more 53-man roster projection. We have until Tuesday to kind of fine-tune this. We have one more preseason game to go, but we're going to hit the defense now. We're going to start on defensive line, which to me, we don't really have to talk about that much because I think it's the most straightforward position in terms of there are nine players here that I'm keeping. I think... There's zero players there that have a chance to miss the roster, barring injury. You know, Isaiah Foskey is probably the biggest question mark, but he's a guy you're not cutting. He's a second-round pick. Regardless, you know, he might not even get on the field in the regular season. Uh, He might be inactive on game days. Uh, Based on what we've seen thus far, I don't know how many defensive ends you want to keep, but the fifth one is a big question mark. And, uh, you know, I, I actually feel really good about the four guys above him in terms of what they've done. Um, and the only, the only guy, so let's just go through the list for anyone listening. So it's Cam Jordan, Peyton Turner, Carl Granderson, Tano Pasnio, Isaiah Foskey, your five defensive ends. And then Malcolm Roach, Colin Saunders, who I learned his nickname is Binky, which is a reference to the show Arthur. Cause he looks like Binky from Arthur. Okay. And then Nathan Shepard and Brian Brzee, all nine of those guys are locks in my opinion. And I, I don't think you're keeping 10. No list looking solid. Uh, Nico Lalos obviously had a huge game that might get him some attention elsewhere kind of deal, but still not enough to, to end up forcing your way into this roster. Uh, uh, when you look at it, uh, definitely a lot stronger than I expected going into the year, I guess. Foskey, yes, a big question. We've seen very slight glimmers of hope, but yeah, they're not they're not cutting bait on a second-round draft pick just yet. He hasn't been that awful, for crying out loud. No, 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 no. Um, and I just, he's not going to get playing time. You know, I think Tano is going to back up Cam and Peyton and Carl are going to rotate in at the right defensive end position. And I feel really good about it. Nico Lalos is a guy who I could see making the roster if maybe he's just played so well that you're like, we just got to find a way to keep him. Like, it would be a shame to not keep him around if you can find the numbers. And again, we've talked about it. Like, maybe if you cut, you only keep five wide receivers instead of six. Because you really want a guy like Nico on the roster. I don't know. Went to the same high school as LeBron James. You know, maybe we can get LeBron to show up at a game. That, that, that would be worth it in and of itself. But, you know, I, I did one of the guys that I think, you know, we haven't we haven't talked about enough in terms of he said a really good camp. Said a really good camp is Peyton Turner. Absolutely. You know, it, it, if Carl wasn't also playing very well, I think you he, he would be a lock 
in terms of you would feel really good about getting him in there on the starting line. I still feel really good about that rotation. And one of the reasons is you've seen him just get better and better because he's been available, because he's practiced. And this is what uh, Peyton had to say on that when I talked to him uh, yesterday. Peyton, one of the things that stood out to me for you throughout this camp is you've been here every day. It seems like the health is really on your side this year. How has that kind of helped you just get into the flow of things a little better this offseason? Uh, I mean, I've talked about it earlier this offseason, just having that routine. Um, I feel like I've got a good routine of taking care of my body, taking care of what needs to be taken care of for me to go out there and feel good at practice and then for me to go out there and feel good at game day. So as far as me being healthy, just giving me the opportunity to go out here and actually work on my craft rather than worry about uh, my, you know, uh, my oblique. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't really know if I can really do this rep today. You know, I don't know if I can do this rep today. And then, you know, being able to go out there and trust my body on game day because I've been able to do it throughout all the practice, I think it's just helped me have success on the field. I think I've been, I've been hard on Peyton in terms of, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily struggled in terms of his ability. It's been, has he been, available to do the work right the, the the parts of the game that aren't easy like i think he's always wanted to play he's always been an energetic guy when he's on the field but what about in practice right what about at the points where you're getting better that's where we haven't seen him and you know 20 days of practice he has been at every single practice and to me that's that's a sign of a guy who's maturing and also like you know sometimes you can't control health but i think there's an element of cam jordan that has rubbed off on him because, you know, if you're if you're in the same locker room as Cam Jordan, there's going to be a standard you are compared to that is not easy to reach. And, uh, you know, you don't have to get to the craziness of a Cam Jordan in terms of durability. But, you know, Good luck, uh, right. you're not you know, the, the curve is ruined. There is the curve is completely squashed for you. You are either showing up or you're not uh, across from Cam. So, uh, you know, I'm, hopefully this is a sign of things to come for him. Yeah, Peyton Turner, definitely a guy when you talk to him, you feel that confidence this year that wasn't maybe there in the past. Love seeing him the other day at practice, too. Letting loose a little. You saw him showing off the dance moves, uh, you know, moving around after he made a big play. Just goes with that whole thing of, you know, being healthy, having that confidence in your role, and and being a solid performer. Him and Carl Granderson on that other side of Cam Jordan, can't wait to see it come the regular season because, yeah, right now in the practices in the preseason, things have looked really good there and anticipating big sack numbers from, you know, both those guys to contribute. Hopefully, I'm just saying Carl Granderson and Peyton Turner combined should have double-digit sacks. Yeah, and he, he, I think he batted down a ball. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But and then he, I, don't, I think he was hoping, like, other people would join in. But he ended up being, <laughs> like, this solo, and he was just over there, like, just kind of, like, pumping his arms, like, slowly for, like – 30 seconds. It yeah, was exactly. So he just kept long. going. He didn't care. It was the only one at the dance party. <laughs> but no, and, and like one thing about Peyton that, you know, you kind of forget about until he's standing there next to you is like, he is huge. He's a big dude. Like we talk about how big Marcus Davenport was like, he is just as big. Uh, and uh, like, uh, it's not hard to understand why the saints were drawn to him as a prospect. <laughs> Cause I mean, he's quick off the line. He's it's huge. We saw what he did against the, the chargers and that kind of, he set him up with the outside move and the power move. And then he cut inside and he was able to get that ball out and force that fumble. Brazil picked it up, you know? And so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and we can move on, but I, you know, I've been kind of saying pump the brakes on this guy for a while it's, it's so much about health with him, I think. Uh, and so hopefully we can see more of those flashes this year. And hopefully he can play, you know, he's played 10 games over two seasons, right? Can that be 12 this year? Like, I don't, I don't need perfection. I don't need 17. Uh, I need I need a majority. No, I admit Peyton Turner would have been one of those early season 
takes before we get into things that I've been wrong on because I was ready to toss him aside just because, to me, seeing him be a healthy inactive on game days, well, that was a problem, and I, I didn't think that maybe the guy had the heart enough for it, but you clearly see that right now, and I'm glad I was wrong. All right, let's move on to linebackers. And this is one where, you know, I think DeMario being healthy uh, changes the equation here because I think you didn't start looking at linebackers until he got hurt, until he had the calf injury that kept him out for a couple weeks. And I think that's when you when you brought in Jalen Smith and you were looking at Anthony Barr. Uh, it's because, again, we talk about the rookies. You talk about trusting a rookie in week one of their rookie season, and I just don't think you want to do it. And I consider DeMarco Jackson to be effectively a rookie. Um, he was hurt all last year. He, he had part of the offseason, but not much of it. Um, and I just don't think you would have been in a position where week one, you'd be like, oh, he's our starting Mike linebacker. And so you brought in Jalen. Um, now, I like Jalen. I think Jalen showed well in that week two preseason game. And I have him on my roster here. But, you know, one of the things that Dennis Allen said this week that I agree with completely is if you're going to keep Jalen Smith on this roster, he's going to have to play special teams. He has few under 300 special team snaps in his NFL career in six years. For perspective, Andrew Dowell last year alone had more than 400 special team snaps. So, like, he's going to have to do it, and he's going to have to want to do it. Then that's the biggest question. You cannot keep a veteran around as a depth linebacker who does not play special teams. Can't happen. It cannot happen. And I've been getting into it. People on Twitter being like, wow, well, that would be the biggest Saints move ever. Like special teams. Special teams matters. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it to people. Um, but I'm keeping him now. And I think you're going to see like, okay, let's watch on Sunday and see how he kind of handles those reps. Is he able to make an impact? Is he putting out the effort? Because if he's not, then I'm putting Anthony Orgy right back on this line. And it killed me to take him off because he's been my guy since day one. But I just, I, I like Jalen. Um and I think Nephi Sewell is, makes more sense as the will. I think he covers better. Uh, so if you're going to keep a backup will, that's who it has to be. Um, and Anthony is, has been working exclusively at the will linebacker spot. He's not going to be a Mike linebacker, um, at least not this year. So I think you're, the, the linebackers you're keeping, you're keeping six, and it is Demario Davis, Pete Warner, Zach Bond. I know Zach Bond, DeMarco Jackson, Nephi Sewell, Jalen Smith right now. Well, why do you think Jalen Smith hasn't been very active at special teams throughout his career? Because he's been the starting linebacker. Demario Davis doesn't play special teams. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I guess it's just surprising that, I mean, even later on, like even with the Giants last year, he really didn't do much on special teams, huh? That was one of his bigger <laughs> years at special teams. I think he had like okay. 80 snaps. But yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Pete Warner does play special teams, but, you know, I, I think, you know, when Dallas brought him in, they brought him in as a guy who was coming off major knee injuries. They weren't sure if he was ever going to play again, right. let alone be a starting linebacker. And he was able to buck that and play very well. He's been healthy, but I think probably early in his career, which is when you would have expected him to play the bulk of his special teams, they didn't want to overload him on snaps because, you know, he redshirted effectively that first season. He didn't play because he was coming back from that injury. He was a second-round pick. So that's probably why he just hasn't done a lot of it. That doesn't mean he won't do it. That doesn't mean he can't do it. It just means he hasn't. So in order for him to make this roster, he has to prove that he is not a liability on special teams, that he's going to be willing to put in the work and that he can do the work. And like I think like when I posted that, I tweeted that, and like just, just to be clear here, like if he can't play special teams, he's not making this roster. And people are like, wow, that would be the dumbest move ever. He's the best linebacker of all time. That's why... Yeah. 
he was a free agent until 10 days ago and 31 other teams didn't sign him. I do like what Jalen Smith brings to the squad, though. Yeah, I didn't realize his his special team snaps were so limited. I I think he can. It's something he can do. Yeah, I guess the bigger question is, is there going to be the willingness? And from hearing him speak, totally sounds like that, you know, team kind of guy and wants realizes where he is at in his career. And I, I just think that he will be that fit and end up contributing on special teams. Like you said, he's going to have to. Yeah. Like, and again, I'm not saying he won't or can't. I'm saying he's he going to have to. in the past. Right. And in, in, and so to me, it's like, if you're keeping him on the roster, that's going to be the biggest determining factor. It's not whether he can start at linebacker because you're not keeping him to start at linebacker. You were keeping him as depth, and if he does have to start, then then you're fine. You feel okay with that. But again, your depth has to play special teams. They have to do it. And so that's why, you know, I think that's part of the reason you see a lot of veterans kind of wait it out, right? Because they're, you know, like a, a Dalvin Cook is not signing somewhere where they're like, yeah, we need you to play special teams, Dalvin, <laughs> right? Has, like, <laughs> has anybody even signed Anthony Barr? I don't think so. I know he was meeting with the Giants, but then they signed Isaiah Simmons, uh, they traded for Isaiah Simmons, a seventh round pick. So, you know, yeah, I don't I'm pretty know. Sure but, bar is still on the market. Yeah. But no, I still like Anthony Orgy. And, and like he's a guy who takes pride in special teams work. Right. And that's, you know, one of the reasons you might keep a UDFA over a veteran is because, you know, that's just what they do. And they they're they're they make they make teams by working hard at those kind of dirty work areas. Um Ryan Connolly's another guy I have in bold. And is, you know, I, I actually thought Ryan Connolly had a chance to make this roster just straight up now he's dealing with that knee injury it's expected to keep him out a while he might be a guy you stash on ir um but either way that's a bummer for him because i think he's played pretty well then ty summers and nick anderson are the other two uh i know people are going to be like well why not nick anderson well if you go and you look at the snap counts from that week two game there was one defensive player just one who was active and did not play a single defensive snap and it was Nick Anderson in a game where you had like 30 guys inactive in a game where he played, he was in on 12 special team snaps, but even that's a really small number. He did not even, you can't even say like, Oh, they were just getting him a lot of special teams work. No, he got 12 snaps to me and he wasn't hurt. Not dealing with any injuries as far as I know. So to me, that's just a, an indicator that he, I don't know if he's even a candidate for the practice squad at this point. Yeah, when you're not even getting any run in that second preseason game, that's a big concern for sure. I even asked you, I was like, wait a minute, was was Keith Kirkwood even dressed for that game? But, you know, because I, I was concerned. I was like, I don't think I even remember him being targeted. But, yeah, like you, you said, he wasn't even dressed for that matchup. And I, um, just because I, you know, had been tracking with Keith to make the roster, and I was like, well, if he's not even getting a sniff of anything in the second preseason game, that's not a good thing. But, obviously – not being active for that games is a sure sign uh, for me, at least that, you know, they, they have pretty high on Kirkwood right. at least for now, but with Anderson. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you're not going to see playing time in the preseason, then when. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's some nuance there, right? Like Nick, Nick played and didn't get a snap and that's a bad thing. Keith didn't play. <laughs> and that's, a, and good that's thing. a good thing. Right. Cause that means like he's in that group of like, we don't need to see any more out of him. We've seen enough. <laughs> right. If you if you still felt like you needed to see stuff from Keith, you would have him active and he would be like, you know, like because, the, you know, you're you're going to players and 
and I think if you're Keith and you're like, well, if I'm not active, then I better be making this team because this is a chance for me to not only put stuff on tape for you, but to put stuff on tape for everybody else. Exactly. Uh, and so like, yeah, like one of the reasons I feel very comfortable putting Keith Kirkwood on my roster is because he didn't play in that game. And it's kind of weird, but that's kind of, yeah, there's, there's nuance involved. All right, let's, let's keep going. We've been on this for a while. So I want to kind of get through it. You know, this is another one, you know, that, this this doesn't have any bolded names. There probably <laughs> could be a couple, but I feel very confident about the 10 defensive backs I have on here. I've not made a single change in a, my last two roster projections. I think you are keeping a cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor, Bradley Roby, and you feel good about it. At DB, kind of just that, that you know, maybe slot corner, whatever, you are keeping Ugo Amadi, Lonnie Johnson Jr., and you feel good about it. Both guys have had interceptions this preseason. Both guys can have cross versatility. They can play safety. They can play. Uh, I think Lonnie probably have him outside. I think Ugo you would have in the nickel. He's probably your backup nickel. And then at safety, you have Tyron Matthew, Marcus May are your starters. Jordan Howden is a rookie that you feel really good about, and he's your depth. You know, Marcus May might get suspended. I think that's probably who would take that those reps. And then you have JT Gray, who's a special teams ace, and there is no way he's missing that roster. That's ten defensive backs, and I feel like that position is nailed. I think that is what's gonna what it's gonna be. Uh, it's so amazing to hear from a guy like Bobby Abear talk about how this is the deepest group of cornerbacks he's seen in the history of the New Orleans Saints. That says a lot. You right. talking about a guy like Ugo Amadi. Uh, got to speak with him a little bit and asked him, like, what's your goal? What do you want to put on tape this final preseason game? And I was surprised to say his number one thing is he wants to get in the end zone. So this dude's not even thinking about just picking off a pass. He wants to bring it to the house. I agree with that. And so if you're watching this on YouTube, you see some numbers here that haven't been updated. Again, there's some maintenance I need to do on this list, uh, but the the rest of it has been updated. Um, Anthony so Johnson's two- come alive the past couple practices. Yes. And so there's two players who I think have a chance to make this roster. And, 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 you know, I don't know how good of a chance, but there's still, to me, there, there's still some hope there in Isaac Yadam. He had an interception against the chargers. He's just really solid. Like, I think he's a guy who you're going to try to get on the practice squad. I would love to keep him around. If you can keep, if you can find space for 11 defensive backs, I would love to keep Isaac Yadam. I think he's been excellent. Um, And then Anthony Johnson Jr., a guy who I think earlier in the week I was saying, you know, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. I felt really good about him. And then he kind of disappeared. He had that one really just, just brain dead play to late in the game against the Chargers where he kind of just did nothing and allowed a 36 yard reception on fourth and 20, 23 or whatever it was. Uh, But, you know, the last two days, he's got two interceptions. He had a couple really nice plays today. He hits hard. He's big. Um, another guy that I think is a premium special teams candidate, like a priority. Uh, and those are the two guys who I think, you know, if maybe a, a guy like Lonnie Johnson kind of falls off, if he makes some bonehead plays, if he gets hurt and kind of hurts his stock there, and maybe you have to end up putting him on IR or something, uh, I think Anthony Johnson would be that guy. But you know, Smoke Monday, Jonathan Abram, Troy Pride Jr., Adrian Fry. I find a, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm sorry with the, Jonathan Abram, another former Raider. Sorry, bye bye. Yeah, he just hasn't done enough. Troy Pride is a guy I actually thought and had a really good start and has fallen off pretty dramatically. Um, you know, I, I I still like him. I still think he's got some upside, but I don't think he's a candidate to really compete for this roster. Um, Adrian Fry has just been struggling since day one. And, uh, you know, he's learning. He's a rookie. Yeah. And then Smoke. I know a lot of people like Smoke. I think he's probably going to stick around the practice squad. But 
you know, I, I, I don't, I, there's nothing I've seen that makes me just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you got to keep them. Yeah, out of all those on the cut list, uh, Yadam, Yadam, what's what's the pronu- correct pronunciation? I go with Yadam. Yadam, he's definitely been more of the standout we've seen. But like like I said, Johnson's had a good couple of practices after that goof in the Chargers game. Yeah. All right. So let's go to special teams, which I, you know I don't think it's particularly complicated. <laughs> Will Lutz has done enough to keep that job. He's getting traded. Blake Gillikin has done enough <laughs> to keep that job. But yeah, so th- there was a report from Peter King that, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast, but I think, you know, it, it was about the sa- the Broncos potentially trading a sixth round pick for Blake Groupie. But like, that's weird to me. It almost like if so, if I'm Sean Payton, wouldn't I rather have Will Lutz? Like why, if I'm trading for a guy and the Saints say, we feel confident in Blake Groupie, you guys should want him. It's like, well, if you feel confident in Blake Groupie, you then you keep him, him. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you think he's worth us trading for, why don't you keep him? And we'll trade you a fifth rounder for Will Lutz. The guy I know, Sean right. Pete, and that's a no-brainer. If I'm considering trading a pick for a UDFA that I don't know, I've never spoken to, I'm just taking the word of Darren Rizzi, why would I not be like, yeah, okay, I'm calling your bluff. You keep Blake. I'm trading for Will. And I don't know why that hasn't been brought up at all. But if the Saints are not willing to trade Will to keep Blake, then if I'm the Broncos, why would I feel confident to trade for Blake? You know, so I don't know. Like, that's not something that I've heard reported. I'm not, that's not coming off anything. I'm not reporting that. Right. But like, just common sense to me, if I'm Sean Payton and I want a kicker I can trust, why would it not be Will Lutz? Yeah, like like you're saying, Sean knows Will Lutz, knows what he's capable of, someone he has spoken to, and might be worth giving up a draft pick for. Whereas Blake Groupie is an unproven, undrafted rookie that Peyton's never been around. He's struggling, obviously, in Denver with his own kickers that he's brought in. I, I could see it a fit if the Saints end up you know, having to cut Groupie, but as to trade for him, yeah, that one made no sense to me and kind of was a head-scratcher. Yeah, and, and I just don't I don't understand. Like, I think Blake Groupie has been fine. I think he's been good. But has he been good enough that he, that the Broncos are going to be, like, sight unseen? Like, yeah, I want that. I, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of kickers, right? Like, go get Rodrigo <laughs> Blankenship. Like, there's guys who have done it. And for some reason, it's Blake Groupie that they're desperately wanting. And, you know, maybe they're trying to do the Will Lutz thing, right? That's what the Saints did with Will Lutz is they went and traded – for like well did they trade for him i think they might have just taken him on waivers from the from the ravens they got really good reviews but the ravens weren't trading justin tucker right like that was not even a consideration would the saints trade will lutz i don't know but if i'm sean that's the question i'm asking and either way the reason i'm bringing this up is because i have blake groupie and will lutz bolded and that's why i don't think blake groupie is going to beat out will lutz and that's kind of why i'm making this clear but i do think there is a possibility that Blake Groupie is the kicker for the Saints because the Broncos really want Will Lutz and they're willing to pay for it. And it's like, I, I mean, how bad do they want him, right? Like if they wanted him and it's like, will you trade us a fourth rounder? I would I take just, that. 
I just laughed that you just got back from a West Coast road trip, got to be on the team bus and everything. Never were questioned by security. Let, yet a guy like Blake Groupie, they're looking at him five foot seven. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. I don't know if you belong here. <laughs> what are you talking about? I get questioned by security everywhere I go. <laughs> no one confuses me for an NFL football player. Let me be clear with you. <laughs> well, you're definitely bigger than Groupie, though. That is true. That is true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if, if we stood next to each other and I said, like, he, I'm the kicker. He's a he's a wannabe. Uh, he, maybe he's maybe the I media win. member, or he's yeah. the high schooler even. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 my shadow for the day. I'm I'm the kicker. He's just trying to see what it's like. No, I don't ask me to kick a field goal. <laughs> maybe the same. Uh, the soccer, media game I, this year. I tried to keep it low. I know if I tried being a field goal kicker too, it would be laughable. Yeah, I agree. I think I would laugh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then Lou Headley, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I think he's been fine. I think he had a couple of nice, nice kicks the other day, but I don't think he's, uh, he's going to beat out Blake. It, it's so hard. You know, you go in every off season and be like, yeah, there's competition. Let's see how it goes. But then you kind of see it play out. And it's just like, I know what that guy can do. I've seen it. Like, why would I sacrifice a known commodity to go with a question mark? And, and if a guy has never played in an NFL game, he is a question mark. I don't care how good he looks in the preseason. You don't know how that's going to re- how he's going to react when the lights get bright and you have to make that clutch kick at the end of a game. You just don't know. And yeah, I was going to say you didn't even get into long snapper because he didn't even have competition. Once, once you have good. a long snapper that works. Yeah, you hold on to him. He's, it's, you know, you never let him go. He's gonna be there for the for his career. You know, there's only 32 you can, of them. You can they make a have solid a living. Guy. You don't get hit. No, yeah, you make. Yeah, I, I don't even know how much you make, but you make enough to live comfortably. I'll tell you that. Yeah, for sure. There's 32 of those jobs in the NFL, and once you get one, I feel like you sink your claws into it and you never let it go. And no, the same thing with the teams. That's something you definitely don't hear like a, these rotating long snappers unless. When you start finding out their names and know too much about them, then there's usually the problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, and they recently, they gave Blake an extension or right. uh, Zach an extension, um, and you're gonna. And then I think Lux talked about it, right? Yeah, there's there's apparently there's a 32 man long snapper group text that I would love to uh, get a look at. Some interesting stuff there. Yeah, it's kind of like me. I currently am on a group text that I've actively been ignoring. And, uh, well, actually I did look at it, but as of yesterday, there was 70 unread text messages. I'm like, I don't want this. Get me out of here. Get <laughs> me out of the group. Help me. Yeah. Uh, I, I have too many group texts, but all right. I think that's it. Anything else you want to, you want to hit before we go? Uh, no, just hoping to see uh, a pretty clean game on Sunday in the finale. Uh, and obviously everyone talks about it all the time. Definitely. The injury bug. Please stay away from this team as we head into the regular season. It's been pretty decent this season. Uh, I'll say that, you know, things haven't piled up and and been to where it's been crippling this team at least. Yeah, I mean, like there's been injuries, but there's been no major injuries where a star player has gone down and you're already trying to figure it out, right? Like, Yeah, the biggest like, scare like, I thought was, was hearing DeMario getting imaging and it was like, <gasps> what does that mean? Yeah. You know? And Marshawn with the knee, um, you know, stuff like that. But nothing that you were like, wow, what are we going to do now? Do they have to go sign somebody because you they got to so trade something, right? Out. 
yeah. So hopefully they can keep avoiding that. And hopefully this is the year where you just get even reasonable luck on that front. And I think that would change so much. Um, Amen. But all right, that's it. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. We went through the entire 53-man roster projection, and we're going to be wrong. So let's just find out how bad we are wrong. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. I've said that like six times. I've repeated it. But again, because you should do that. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. Check us out on YouTube at WWL Sports. The latest content. And then make make your friends subscribe too. Bug them about it. Your cats, you know, on their paw phone. (laughs) Um, You used to call me on my shell phone. Where was I? Where are we going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to Sports Talk. Steve's going to be on there. Uh, we'll be both be on there 4 to 8 p.m. on Friday. We only have a couple of those shows left. And then we will hand it off to Mike Haas and Deuce McAllister and run away laughing. Um, yes, uh, we will get into some Houston Texans talk on Friday show. Yes. We'll have the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer, joining us. And also uh, former Saint John Stinchcomb, who also calls, t- uh, you know, is the color analyst for the television preseason games. There you go. All right. Check that out. Anyway, this has been fun. Who dat? Go Saints. Eat chicken. No, that's that's Chick-fil-A. Sorry. What wow, we got a new endorsement. I was all excited. I wish. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.